This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. beginning with verse 1, 1 through 5. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, and deliverer, we come humbly before you knowing that you're truly God all by yourself. Now, God, we're grateful for what you've done in our lives, what you're doing right now, and we ask that you would speak to us, that we, your servants, might hear your word, but not just be healed, but follow the word to do your will. Speak to us, God. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Our subject this morning, receive what you believe. Receive what you believe. Why do we pray? Why does the church pray? And what are we praying about? What do you expect to happen when you pray? No, I'm serious, That's, those are honest questions. Why do we pray? What do you expect to happen when you pray? Well, I can tell you why we pray. We pray because prayer works. <laughs> can I get a witness? Yeah, we pray because prayer works. Hallelujah. Mm. Uh, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, we're going to look at James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing grace. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Hallelujah. And we know what King James says, the prayer of the righteous availeth much. That's why we pray. We are people of faith, so we pray. But we don't just pray. 
We do more than pray. We pray, but prayer is not the end. Prayer is really our beginning point. You see, prayer and faith go hand in hand. And faith is more than just believing. You've heard me say this many times. Faith is truly acting on what you believe. Not just believing, but acting on what you believe. When we pray, we ought to have faith. Mm -hmm. When we pray, we ought to have faith. Not faith in prayer, but faith in the one who answers prayer. Mm. So when we pray, we ought to have faith that will move into action. We ought to have faith that will get us to do those things that we ought to be doing. Believing God will hear and answer prayer. We have studied, we have preached, we have taught, we have practiced how to pray. How many of you remember the acronym that, the acronym that we use for prayer? A-C-T-S. X. And we happen to be in the book of X. X. What does that mean? When you try to figure out how should I pray, it's very simple. You could use A-C-T-S. First is adoration. When you pray, you ought to just acknowledge who you're praying to. You can say adoration or acknowledge. Acknowledge who you're praying to. You want to call him by his name. Secondly, you want to confess. Yeah, just go ahead and confess that you realize we've seen we've come short. We've not everything we ought to be. But we've come humbly before God. And then we ought to have thanksgiving. Just thank him for what he's already done. What he's doing right now. And what you anticipate he will do. And then we get to supplication. Where you get an opportunity to ask God whatever it is you want to ask God. Say whatever you want to say. That's what we do. That's how we pray. So the question is, when you ask, should you expect an answer? Oh, I said we got adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplications. But when you ask, should you expect an answer? And the answer is yes, definitely. You may not get the answer that you want. You may not get the answer when you want it. You may not get the answer in the way you want it. But because you ask by faith, you will, in fact, get an answer, and you should expect an answer. And then you ought to position yourself to give God glory. Hallelujah. When you pray, you pray believing. You know that God can do what only God can do. Too many times God answers our prayers and we totally miss it. Let me say that again. Too many times we pray and God answers our prayers and we totally miss it. He's done we asked him to God. He's answered our prayer, but it didn't come the way we wanted it to come. It didn't come through who we wanted to come through. It did not come in the way we expected it to come. But yet God answered our prayer and we miss it. And guess what we do? We keep on praying for the same thing. We keep on praying for another answer. But he's answered our prayer. He's come through. We just have to allow God and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I know we're so busy talking to God so many times that we take time to allow God to speak to us and say, this is it. Use this. We keep asking, and yet he's already answered our prayer. So I want you to understand on today, there's two ways to pray. Two ways to pray. Make up your mind, but there's two ways to pray. You can pray, believe, and receive. Or you can pray, doubt, and do without. Let that, let that sink in. Let that sink in. That you make up your mind how you're going to pray. 
Are you going to pray by faith and trusting that God will do what he said he would do? That pray and believing that God loves you and cares for you and your situation? Pray knowing that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose? We pray with purpose, knowing that God hears and answers prayer. Seeing that it's our goal to please God, let's look at how we can receive what we believe God has miraculously sent our way. First, we need to acknowledge the situation. Acknowledge the situation. We must recognize and acknowledge how bad things are and how bad things can get. Yes. Don't, don't be oblivious to that. We need to understand and recognize and acknowledge the situation. About that time, look in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 3a, it says, About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Look at what the situation that the church in Acts had to contend with. Herod had laid violent hands. Look what the Bible says. He laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. And when Herod had killed James, mm, he saw that it pleased the people. So he arrested Peter with the intent of killing him too. That, 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 that's, that's why he arrested Peter. These were trying times for the church. They were basically living in fear, especially for those who were taken and imprisoned by Herod. Why be fearful, you ask? Well, Herod Antipas was son to Herod the Great. Yeah, his dad was the one who slaughtered the children in a quest to find the baby Jesus and to kill him. Killed all the babies from two years under. He, he, he killed all of them, the, the males. And this is his son now, Herod. He'd already, this son had already beheaded John the Baptist. And now he's killed James. The church knew Peter and others were in trouble. A death sentence for all who were touched by Herod. It was a bad and a hopeless situation. So what do you do? They realized that Peter was in great peril. They realized that technically all hope was gone. What do you do? What will happen to Peter? What will happen to the rest of us after Peter died? Can you just see the thoughts going through their mind? They're concerned about saving Peter. But we, before we get to Peter, before we find a way to save Peter, let's take time to remember James. James, God loved James also. And James, the brother of John, a son of Zebedee. James, yes, God loves his church. He loves Peter, but he also loved James. But now James is dead. You know, can we just have a moment to remember James? Just, just a moment to remember James. Amen. We have over the past year 
been rushing to save those who are yet alive in the midst of this pandemic. But really, we haven't taken the time that I believe we ought to take to reflect on those whose lives have been lost to COVID-19. The story of the coronavirus lives on. But let's take a moment to reflect on those who have been captured and killed by this vicious killer. Let's take time to reflect on those others who God loves, but have gone from labor to reward. Please take time right now to type in the comment section the names of those who you know have died as a result of COVID-19. Just take time right now. Whoever you know that have, have, have passed from this life into eternity and COVID-19 has been designated as their passing. Might be, even be those that you think may have died of COVID-19. Just take time right now to type their names in. We, we want to take time to remember those. To, too many times we forget those who have lived among us and who cared about us and cared for us and who would, if they had their way, would still be with us today. Just take, that's right, that's right. Type, type their names in. Type their names. Let's, let's remember them. Even on today. So much is going on around us. So much is still happening in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. Who are they? Let's remember them. Go ahead, continue. Type, type their names in. Type, type them in. You may have never typed anything before on YouTube or Facebook. Take time to type their names in. And continue to do it, even as I go on. We want to take time to remember their lives. Remember what they have given to your family, to our family, to our church, to the organization they belong to. Take time just to remember them. So what do you do after you realize we have a terrible and intense situation in which we live? What do we do? We do what the church did in Acts chapter 12. Not only do we acknowledge and take time to acknowledge the situation, we also then ask for a solution. In Acts chapter 12, verse 5, it says, So Peter was kept in prison. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Let me say that again. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. When they found themselves in this situation and they did not know what to do or which way to turn, when they knew that Peter was about to be killed just like James and that Herod was on a rampage and he was killing whoever he wanted to, look at what the church did. They prayed. Hallelujah. Don't take prayer for granted. The church did what the church does best. They prayed. Don't get weary of praying. They met in Mary's house, the mother of John Mark. 
to worship and to pray specifically for Peter. Oh yes. They asked God to turn this terrible, deadly, and deathless situation around. They prayed for Peter. Can you see them in the midst? Can you see them praying that God would deliver Peter from the clutches of hell, from the clutches of death, that God would deliver? Can you see the church praying? In the midst of COVID-19, what did we do when we found out that the circumstances that was happening in our country and in this world necessitated that we shut down our businesses, that we shut down our schools, that we shut down our churches, that we could no longer gather together more than 10 in any space at a time. What did the church do? What did we do? We prayed. Come on, somebody. We prayed. Oh, yes, we did. Oh, yes, we did. We prayed, and we are still praying. We prayed as the world was shut down, looking for a way to stop Herod from killing us. I mean, looking for a way to stop the coronavirus from killing us. The Herod of this day. Desperate times called us to reach beyond our own understanding. We asked God to help us turn the situation around. Why would we pray? Why would we ask God? One song says, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. And when I sung that song as a little boy, I always wondered, why must I tell Jesus? But the answer to the song, it says, Jesus can help me. Hallelujah. Jesus alone. Do you believe that Jesus is the answer for the world today? If you believe that, you know that you'll pray because God can and will turn the situation around. Hallelujah. Ask God to help. He can turn the situation around. Look at what happened when the church prayed in Acts chapter 12. While the church in Acts 12 was praying, God was moving. We look at Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 12. It says, Now when Herod was about to bring him out on the very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. Hallelujah. And when the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them on its own accord. And they went out and went along one street. And immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Oh, what am I saying, church? The, the church in Acts 12 decided they would pray for an answer 
they prayed for Peter to be released out of the clutches of death. And while they were praying, God was moving. Sent an angel, got Peter from the prison, got Peter through the streets, and then got Peter to the house of the church, the house of those who were praying, where the church had gathered together to be in prayer. What an awesome God we serve. Yes, we too. Not, not, not only should we acknowledge the situation, not only should we ask for a solution, we should thirdly accept the supernatural intervention. In Acts chapter 12, the church was praying for Peter. And while the church was praying, God was moving. Y'all got to hear me today. While the church was praying, God was moving. He sent his angel to rescue Peter. And God moved and rescued Peter. But let's look at the response of those who were praying for a miracle. Acts chapter 12, beginning verse 11 through 16. It says, when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name is Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice, look at what happened. In her joy, she did not open the gate but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. <laughs> no, that she ran and told them that Peter is standing at the gate. Verse 15, but they said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel, not Peter. What are you talking about? Peter is in prison. He's not at the door. They didn't want to believe that Peter was at the door. They didn't want to believe on the deliverance that had happened. They did not want to accept the miracle that God had done. But Peter continued knocking. When they opened, they saw him and were amazed. They were praying that God would deliver Peter. God delivered Peter and they weren't ready for the divine intervention that God had done to answer their prayer. It is important to receive what you believe to be an answer to your prayer. When you pray in faith and God responds, it's time to act. It's time to act in faith and to receive what God has sent your way. Yes, yes, my brothers, yes, my sisters, we prayed and we prayed about the coronavirus. Yes, vaccinations supposed to take longer than it took for Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson to come up with the vaccine. But we did pray. And we did ask God to send us a miracle. And yet, for those who don't believe it's a miracle, please look at these facts. And I'm done. Out of over 6 million non-vaccinated individuals in Georgia, and these are facts leading up to September 1st of 2021, out of over 6 million, 656,783 have tested positive 
out of the 656,000 who tested positive, 28,441 have been hospitalized for any reason after being tested positive for COVID-19. Out of the 28,441 hospitalized, 7,086 died due to COVID-19. But yet, let's look at, out of the four and a half million fully vaccinated individuals in Georgia, 32,168 have tested positive for COVID-19. Out of that number, 1,251 have been hospitalized who tested positive for COVID-19. Out of that number, 219 died due to COVID-19 complications. Now, let me try to break it down. I know there's quite a few numbers, but let me break it down for you and let you see if you can see a miracle. Over for unvaccinated, over 28,000 were hospitalized, over 7,000 dead. 28,000 hospitalized, 7,000 dead. Over those who vaccinated, just over 1,000 hospitalized, and just over 200 dead. 7,000 dead, 200 dead. 7,000 unvaccinated dead, 200 vaccinated. We prayed for a miracle, and a miracle has walked through the door. Have faith, get vaccinated, save lives. Especially, I want to appeal to the parents of small children who are going to school, get vaccinated, because the children who cannot be vaccinated could very easily contract COVID-19 and bring it home, and yet you don't need to spread it to work or anyplace else. If for no other reason, get vaccinated so you can keep working. This whole place gets shut down again. We're asking you, get vaccinated. Listen to the facts. Understand what is happening. Receive the miracle God has sent. Oh, but my brothers and sisters, I want you to know that Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson were not the only supernatural interventions to happen in our lives. We need to acknowledge the situation that we all are in because we have sinned and come short. We need to know that we're in grave peril and grave danger because we have not done the things God wanted us to do. We have not said the things God wanted us to say. We've done some things we should not have done. We've said some things we should not have said. We haven't been everything we ought to be. You have to admit it. I have sinned and come short. And we recognize that the wages of sin is death. Oh, yes, we're in a terrible situation, a terrible, deadly situation. Yes, we recognize. We have to acknowledge the situation. But then what do you do about the situation? you got to ask for help. And whenever you get so low down, when you realize you sinned, you messed up, and you get so low down and realize you can't save yourself, you can't make a way in your life for yourself. There's nothing you can do. And we come today to celebrate and to recognize not only did we acknowledge the situation, but we have prayed for a solution. And you need to hear the day that God has sent 
supernatural intervention, even in our lives. What are you talking about, Pastor? Because we've sinned and we've come short and we haven't been everything we ought to do. He sent his son to 40 and two generations who came to this earth and went about doing good. Out of all the good Jesus did, folk talked about him, ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. But look at our Lord and Savior. Look at how much he loved us. He was on a mission because he realized that we needed to be snatched from hell's door. Look at what he did. Even though they talked about him, even though they ridiculed him, even though they tried to trip him up, even though they tried to get rid of him, look at what he did for you and for me. He allowed them to march him up the guard off his hill. He allowed them to put nails in his hands, nails in his feet with a crown of thorns on his head. He allowed them. He gave up his life for you and for me. And the Bible says he died while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. We celebrate the fact that he gave up his life, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He did not sin, but he took on all of our sins. And he did die. But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday. But early, somebody said, early on that Sunday morning, he got up from the grave with power. Power over the grave. Victory over death. Oh, yes, he did. He brought us the victory. The miracle is that we're saved by the work of Jesus. For by grace have we been saved through faith. Our part is to believe that he died, believe that he rose, believe that he's coming back again. By your believing that today, you have him in your life. I want you to know that even though I mentioned that Peter was at the door knocking, that he was saved from death by Herod then. Later years, Peter still died and had to go to heaven or hell. My brothers and sisters, that's the plight for all of us. Even if we get vaccinated, we're still going to leave this earth. If the Lord doesn't come back first, we're going to die. Are you prepared to meet the Lord? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I am really so concerned that you make that step. Even if you haven't gotten vaccinated, you need to get vaccinated. And I don't take it lightly. When we say right now we have an opportunity for life, you can choose vaccination or cremation. But when you choose, make sure first and foremost that you choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That you give your life to Christ. You're not, you don't have to be perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's about knowing that God loves you. Knowing that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the grave. And if you right now want to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to just pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer to accept him into your life. I will pray it just to lead you in it. But you have to pray the prayer. I can't pray it for you. You have to pray the prayer. And I'll pause and give you time to repeat after me so you'll be able to accept him into your life right now. If you want him in your life, pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sin. I want to turn from my sin. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sin and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. 
and help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, go ahead and click on right there on that spot that, that asks you to click on, get the information to us. We want to respond. We want you to become a disciple of Jesus, and you can become a member of First Avenue Baptist, wherever you are. But this virtual church we have, you can come and share and be a part of us. So we want you to know we thank God for you. We're so excited that you've given your life to Christ. We want to share with you. We're rejoicing with you. I'm telling y'all, piping this. God bless you. Thank you for coming to share with us. God has done so many wonderful things in the life of his church and in our lives. Let's continue to trust God. We ask now you're preparing for communion, that you would get your communion supplies, get the bread and the fruit of the vine, as we're prepared now to read our church covenant together. The covenant is an agreement that we have with God and with one another, that God would guide us, direct us, and it's a promise that we make between each other. And as we make this promise with each other, we ask that we'll read this together as we prepare for our community. Let us read together our church covenant. Having been, as we trust, brought by divine grace to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and to give ourselves wholly to him, we do now solemnly and joyfully covenant with each other to walk together in him with brotherly love to his glory as our common Lord. We do, therefore, in his strength engage that we will exercise a Christian care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully warn, exhort, and admonish each other as occasion may require, that we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but will uphold the public worship of God and the ordinances of his house, that we will not omit closet and family religion at home, nor neglect the great duty of religiously training our children and those under our care for the service of Christ and the enjoyment of heaven, that, as we are the light of the world, and salt of the earth, we will seek divine aid to enable us to deny ungodliness and every worldly lust, and to walk circumspectly in the world that we may win the souls of men, that we will cheerfully contribute of our property according as God has prospered us for the maintenance of a faithful and evangelical ministry among us, for the support of the poor, and to spread the gospel over the earth that we will, in all conditions, even till death, strive to live to the glory of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever 
and ever. As we come to the table, we come knowing that it was God who loved us so much that it was Jesus who gave his life that we might have life and have it more abundantly. As he assembled with his disciples in the upper room, Jesus took the bread, the fruit of the vine, and he blessed it. We're taking now time to bless these elements, the elements that you have at home, the elements that we have here. And we're blessing those elements that God would get glory as we participate on today, as we commune one with another. Even though we're not physically together, we are together as we commune together on this day. Let us pray. God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. We come humbly before you now, God, before this table. We know, God, that you are great, you are awesome. We also know you are loving and you are caring. We confess that we've sinned, we've come short, we have not been everything that we ought to be. We've not been and done everything you would have us to do. So we come humbly before you, asking you to create within us clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. We come now, God, thanking you for what you've already done. We thank you especially for Jesus who died for our sins and rose from the grave. And now we have an opportunity to share together one with another. So we ask God that you would straighten us, guide us, keep us, use us, bless us in such a special way as we come to this table. Please change these elements from a carnal use to a spiritual use. And if there's anyone who's been baptized and feel that they're not worthy, change that within them right now. Create within us clean hearts. Renew a right spirit within us. Guide us and direct us that we can be obedient and do what you ask us to do. You said do this in remembrance of you. So we remember you today and we do this as we love, we thank, and we give you praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. After he had given thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Take, eat all of it. Amen. Praise God. Likewise, he took the cup and said, this is my body. And he said, this is my blood, which is shed for remission of sin. Take, drink all of it. Amen. Praise God. As we receive this body, as we receive symbols of his blood, we now will go forth to do the work God has called us to do. Please remember that you can give through Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y, pay your tithes, give an offering. You can also send your contributions to First African Baptist Church, 23 Montgomery Street, Savannah, Georgia, 31401. We want to thank you for your giving. Thank you for your care. Thank you especially for giving toward the Hurricane Out of Relief Fund 
as we share with so many others to help them through the, the devastation that has happened uh, in this nation. And continue to, continue to be in prayer that God will move, direct, touch hearts and minds, especially touch hearts and minds of those who are not vaccinated, that they would be, that they would trust God with that. Look for various places where you can get the vaccination. Again, we just thank God for each one. Thank you for coming to be with us. We'll continue to be in prayer with those who have loved ones to go from labor to reward. We're in prayer with each other. And thank you all so much for giving me an opportunity, and my wife, an opportunity for vacation. We want to thank you so much, and we're back, and we're glad we can share one with another. Let us pray. God, again, we thank you. We love you and adore you. We magnify your name. Thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you today in spirit and in truth. Bless everyone who participates in this worship experience, everyone who would hear, everyone who would receive this message. God, we ask you a blessing. Nobody can bless but you. Touch their minds and their hearts. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Give them everything they need to do the work you call them to do. And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest rooted in the Bible us now henceforth and forevermore. Let the people of God say amen and praise God. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.